Random Inks Productions presents the Credible Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Mark. What's up, my nerd? Welcome everyone to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin and I have my fellow vigilante with me, Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? And we are going to be reviewing The Batman, a film that recently came out uh, March 2022. Hopefully you've all seen it by now because we'll be dropping spoilers and talking all kinds of fun stuff about this movie, what we liked, didn't like, what worked, what didn't work, you know, the whole thing. So Thanks for joining us here on this podcast episode. We really appreciate you guys joining us and listening. And so we'll get into it with The Batman. Um, I was able to see it uh, with a bunch of people. The theater was packed and the, the general reception was good. It was great. A lot of cheers and a lot of fans in the audience. Uh, for you, Mark, how did the initial reaction in the theater go for you? Uh, so I went and saw it with my sister. Um, and she's not as big as DC fan as I am. Uh, so when we went, it was probably a week and a half old, I think something like that. And uh, so it wasn't packed, went and saw it in a matinee on a Saturday. So, um, but, you know, people seem to like it. I mean, I heard good comments at the end. Uh, Maylena seemed to like it. Uh, I definitely liked it. So it was, it was good. I think, you know, generally everyone, you know, enjoyed what they saw. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so she's more of a Marvel person. Is that what it is? Or what's her main movie style that she likes? Uh, she just doesn't have any nerd cred. No, <laughs> she, uh, uh, she's getting into it. Uh, she likes it. Mostly Marvel, right? I mean, right. All, she's got young boys, you know, and they watch the Iron Mans and, you know, this, that, and the other. And, and she doesn't quite understand the difference between DC and Marvel. So, you know, to her, it's a, a superhero movie. So yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. bit different, but, um, uh, you know, I had to explain to her, you know, the Trinity and, you know, <laughs> good heroes and lame heroes and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A big complaints. I don't know if it's a complaint, but a big observation is the, the movie's dark, you know, it's not uplifting and you know, a lot of dark stuff going on with murders and things like that. And for me, that's never bothered me about Batman. I mean, he's the dark knight. And Gotham's a terrible place to live. I would move if I lived there as soon as I could. Uh, but yeah, a lot of bad stuff going on in Gotham and he's there to correct those and right those wrongs and all that stuff. So that's kind of who he is. But uh, so I, it never bothered me. I know some moviegoers have a problem with that. But as far as this film was concerned, I mean, for the past month since it's been out, it's, you know, top of the box office, making lots of money and doing well. So uh, moviegoers seem to like it in general and they're they're happy with it but uh, for us I think you know for the credible nerds we've always been big DC fans and have championed the DC movies even when they're not well received critically or popular with fans that sort of thing we've always been you know excited to see them so we'll get into how this movie did we recently I think the last Batman film that we had in theaters was um, Justice League, as well as um, Zack Snyder's Justice League was on HBO Max. Uh, so that's kind of the last iteration of Batman that we've had. 
on the big screen. And before that, it was Batman versus Superman. And then before that, it was the Dark Knight trilogy, Christopher Nolan's trilogy. So we've had quite a few Batman movies in the last uh, 10 years or so. And uh, one thing I did appreciate this film about this film is that there wasn't another origin story at the beginning. You know, we even got that in, in Joker. <laughs> there was an origin story of Batman in the Joker. So we didn't get that here. But what are your thoughts on that, Mark, as far as skipping the origin story for this film? I think it's good. I think, I think that's a smart idea. Um, you know, as far as skipping that story, it's been played out. Everyone knows what's happening, right? Everyone knows Batman's past, you know, generally, you know, someone kills his parents, he's left as an orphan, he grows up, becomes the Batman. I mean, there, there's only so much you can do there, right? So it's nice that it's just like, okay, everyone understands. I think they did that with uh, um, the, the Spider-Man, right? The new Spider-Man, they kind of cut cut that all out, which is which is good, I think, you know, we don't need to see that time and time again with, you know, the third or fourth reboot in the last decade, you know? Yeah. So, so I, I enjoyed that. It kind of a relief, you know, they, they talked about it a little, right. And right. That kind of brought it into the story, but they made it part of the ongoing story, not its own, its own thing. Yeah. it's a good point. I appreciated that as well as was, was there. They talked about it, like you said, but it wasn't, you know, a big part of the actual things that we saw. So yeah, I thought it was a good choice. Nothing wrong with the scene. We've just seen it a bunch of times. So uh, yeah, but as far as that goes, how it starts out, um, starts out with the criminals. Um, you know, crime is rampant in Gotham at this time and criminals have free reign. They're not very scared of the police or anybody. You know, we have the police helicopter flying around, spotlighting them and they just kind of ignore it and go about their way. But once they see the bat signal, then they get scared. You know, that's the the real threat to these criminals, to these people that are breaking the law. And it did a great job of setting a tone for this film. Like, you know, there's all these bad, all these bad things going on, but the Batman, he's the one that handles the stuff. So um, that was good to see that little montage up front. And we start off, his first appearance is there's these thugs beating up this uh, civilian. And he... He shows up and kicks some butt. What did you think about this introduction? You know, this is kind of our introduction to Batman in this film. What did you think about that? Uh, it was neat how, you know, it worked out. You know, you, it was dark. You know, you, you see the bat signal at night and then people are worrying. Like, yeah. oh, crap, you know, and, and you start to see some real things going on. You know, people like getting grabbed in the dark and stuff. Yeah. And so you kind of start to understand why people fear the Batman. He's... You know, he doesn't come down and you know, fold his arms and give some nerdy, you know, like be good to your neighbors and fly you off to jail. Right. He, <laughs> he, he gets things done in his own way. Um, so this scene was really neat. Right. I mean, it, it's dark, it's scary. And then you hear the walking and the echo yeah, yeah. And, and then you see the Batman come in and, and it, it was kind of interesting too, to see like, how the Batman understood that some kids just get caught up in the wrong things. Right. And so he didn't really go after the one, but he went after the rest and man, did he go after him? Right. That's that kind of. Hmm. Explosiveness is kind of what I see the Batman is. Cause if you read about the Batman, he is, I mean, he's a master in almost all 
types of forms of fighting, right? So, you know, you would see, see that and here it's manifested really well. I think the only thing I didn't like, and, and this is just a cosmetic, is that he wasn't as big as he's made to be, right? I mean, Batman's a big guy. And Robert Patterson, you know, as great as he did as, as a Batman itself, he's not that big of a guy, right? And so that kind of like took it away from me for a little bit, but it was, more, like I said, more of a cosmetic thing than anything. Um, and then I got the sense that they were having him play like, like they were trying to say Batman was young in his looks, but then who Batman was on the outside was a much older person, right? It's like I was watching a 20-year-old play a 40-year-old role. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah so, i mean but uh, and that's kind of what i got because it batman was established by then right everyone knew batman was here for years and years and years and years but when i see robert patterson i don't see you know someone's been in the trenches for 20 years i see someone that's been in the trenches for two to five years and is still getting his feet wet mm -hmm. yeah it's year two according to you know, everybody what everybody's saying what the director said it's his second year and i think they even said that in the film or alluded to it somehow that He's just getting started, second year in the business. And yeah, he does come across as more knowledgeable and experienced than second year of Batman. Um, one thing Batman Begins did really well is that we saw the Batman learn, like he was trying to be the vigilante and he got his butt kicked a few times at first and then he had to figure it out, right? And there was this period of he had to, learn things and this one he's he's kind of already there for the most part so i mean if there's an explanation for it like if in if there's a next film and they kind of flash back to how he learned everything uh, that's cool but he does did seem to be a little more knowledgeable than what you'd think so but yeah we so here we get this line that this kind of sets the tone for the rest of the film where he's beating the, that guy up and they ask him, who are you? And he's like, I am vengeance. And that's kind of the, the tagline, the, the promotional tagline we've heard and we've seen it in the trailer. And that's the tone of this movie that he's, he's there to, you know, it's a day of reckoning, I guess, you know, he's, he's vengeance and he's there to handle business. So. I like that too. Um, cause that's the personification of Batman. I, I mean, I think everyone just gets used to these happy characters yeah. and we don't really talk about Batman. I mean, I think we've have all these new Batman films and stuff like that. And they try to keep them light, you know, with, with some of them, when, when you get a dark Batman, everyone kind of freaks out a little bit like, Oh, he's, he's bad. And it's like, look, you know, go back to the eighties, Tim Burton. Uh, that, that was Batman. He's not a, He's a dark character. He's a Batman, right? I mean, yeah. come on. So um, I, I appreciate when I see this kind of Batman. I, I really enjoy it because I think it kind of goes that, you know, some heroes, they don't have it easy. They don't have all these crazy superpowers. They have what they can bring to the table, like a Tony Stark or you know, th things like that. And and so they've got to use what they, they have with them and, um, you know, it's not quite as fantastical as a Tony Stark. He's not making these crazy suits that only, you know, he can make and can fly and destroy tanks with a wink and things like that. Right. So I, I enjoy it. it. It's it's refreshing to me to see a a superhero like this. 
Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so then we get our, our first murder in the sense that, you know, they, the councilman, and I think we, this was the first scene is we see someone spying on this mayoral, mayoral candidate, candidate for mayor. <laughs> and he ends up breaking into his house and beating the crap out of him, killing him. And it's the Riddler. Uh, what did you think of the introduction of the Riddler where he's kind of in the background? We don't see him at first. And then um, the guy moves and then he's standing right behind him. And it's, you know, he kind of comes out of nowhere. What do you think about the introduction of the Riddler in this film? Um, I, I thought it was neat. Uh, I think the Riddler, I mean, the Riddler is kind of taken for granted as a, as a bad guy, right? Throughout all the history, you know, you, I think the last one we really saw um, in action was uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's got, you know, got this goofy, you know, suit on and running around with Arnold Schwarzenegger, wasn't it? And Or no, he was running around with uh, Tommy Lee Jones. And yeah. It was just kind of, you know, two-faced. It was just kind of weird, right? And that's when they were making Batman light and happy again. And yeah. um so it was neat to see this. Uh, I mean, Riddler is a serious Batman foe, which is why mm-hmm. they're always foes. You know, they're always fighting and and he brings a lot to the table. And I think this kind of opened my eyes to a, a good imagining of, of who the Riddler would really be. And the, the actor they got spot on, right? For me, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? Is um, Paul Dano? Dano? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, Paul Dano. So the last movie I saw him in was Taking Lives. Do you remember that movie? No, I didn't see that one. Old movie, right? I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know, 20 years old or so. But in it, he kind of plays like a dark character, too, who who ends up taking lives, right? He kills a guy and takes his life and then kills another guy and takes his life, right? Just keeps living other people's lives. But anyways, in that movie, he was a great Edition. And so when I saw him here, like I, my mind immediately went back then, like th- that is a good pickup, you know, like I can see it because of other acting roles he's done that I, I remember him in. I know he's done quite a few others, but uh, it, really cool, really different, right? I, I think the Gotham was the last real show we saw them kind of bring in other characters and stuff. I know we saw Bane in the one, but, uh, uh, you know, I like these kind of B list, you know. Yeah you know foes and stuff like that and then to see him really hold his ground as a as a as a enemy you know and and send batman for a you know basically scrambling to try to figure it all out yeah yeah he was i was pleasantly surprised he's really creepy really smart uh, one step ahead that sort of thing so i thought it was a great addition well-written character and story with him involved uh, and he sets up you know he's the the main guy he's doing these murders leaving clues for batman to try and figure out what's going on who he is kind of leads leaves the breadcrumbs for him to figure out throughout the movie and along the way we meet uh first we meet commissioner gordon and with that first murder of the the guy who wants to be mayor in his house they come in and um observe the the murder scene and i really liked how um you know, Batman's just walking in with Commissioner Gordon and all the police are like, oh, who's this guy? Why are we letting him in here? You know, they kind of give him the stink eye and everything. I really like just that visual of him working with the police or 
being involved with the police investigation and getting access to stuff because we don't really see that. Usually the police are against them and they're chasing them, things like that. We we get a little bit of that in this one, but uh, for the most part, he's working with them side by side. I really liked that visual. So, uh, um, and then we meet, so we meet Commissioner Gordon. Thought uh, he was well done. Well, the actor that played him uh, did did a good job. Um, Jeffrey Wright, I believe, is his name. And yeah, then, Jeffrey Wright, great, great actor. I thought he was a good pickup. I, I generally don't like, you know, I, I know I've talked about this before when they rewrite the character. You know, like you've got a Pippi Longstocking. You know, no, no use to change that type of character kind of thing. And James Gordon has, you know, kind of been that way. But I thought he was great. A great switch. You know, I was didn't even like i didn't even notice that it was so good you know yeah yeah same and then we meet uh we meet penguin he goes into the club the iceberg lounge and goes toe-to-toe with penguin um i think it's again it's an early version of penguin right he's he's still new on the scene he's he's not the the top dog at this point and uh i like we be bust in the club they try to stop him there's always he always knocks on that door and those two guys show up and they're like what do you want it's like, you know who I am? You know, we see that a couple, well, three times. And those are pretty well done. But he busts in that club and starts kicking butt and ends up confronting Penguin. And you know Penguin's lying when he's asking, you know, who's who are these uh, people? Who's this person? So, but it was it was good to see Penguin in that role. And uh, with, um, what's his name? Who's the guy that plays him? I forget. Um, oh, that plays, that plays the actor? Yeah, was the Colin Farrell? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Colin Farrell. You didn't even know it was him, right? If you wouldn't have known the name, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have guessed it. No, I think there was a spot in there, because I couldn't tell who it was during the movie, and I think there was a spot in there when he said something and sounded like Colin Farrell, and I remember thinking to myself, is that Colin Farrell? And I started watching, and then I was like, it is, it is him, right? Because yeah. uh, I, I couldn't tell either. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what's his name? Oswald Cobblepot, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I like this character. I've liked him since Tim Burton. I don't remember him ever playing. And this is where I like get nerdy and I'm going to have to go open up some old, uh, you know, comics and stuff. I don't ever remember him playing second fiddle to Carmine Falcone, right? Yeah. I, I know. know. Yeah. I, I know he did to, he played second fiddle to, uh, who was it before Carmine Falcone? I can't remember his name. Maroney? Yeah, Maroney. But I always thought Penguin took over after Maroney, not Falcone. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that's just my misunderstanding or something, right? But uh, yeah, I always I always thought that he was next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I liked how gritty the Iceberg Lounge was in the New 52 comics. It's this like this big casino, Vegas style, huge lights everywhere. Everyone knows where it is. Everyone goes there. And here it's kind of like this in the corner on the back street, oh, no lights. And if you have to, you have to know the secret password to get in type thing. And that's, so I thought that was a good change from what uh, I've been reading in the new 52. So I like well, that. It's the club within the club. Right? Yeah. I mean, you got the club and then you've got the club. Yeah. And, and I thought that was kind of a neat, neat, neat thing too, right? It's like everyone knows they're going there, but everyone doesn't know where they go when they get in there, right? Yeah. So that, that was neat to me. I like that. Yeah. 
and we meet uh, Selena Kyle here at the at this club, and Zoe Kravitz played her, and I thought from the from the get go, perfect casting as Catwoman. Had no problem with it. So nope, not not all. I I love Selena Kyle. Um, she's one of my favorite uh, nemesis. Yeah. You know, type. She's one of those ones that kind of switch back and forth, right? <clears throat> she does some good things when it's good, does some bad <laughs> things when she wants to be bad, yeah. um, helps Batman when she wants to, doesn't help him when she doesn't want to, and they, they kiss anyway. And, you know, just kind of a fun, like, uh, uh, foe there. I, I think it's great. And yeah, Zoe, Zoe Kravitz did an amazing job. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Yep. So they, they kind of, connect a little bit he follows her back to the apartment and finds out more about her and realizes that's when he realizes that uh, she's Catwoman or she's more than than she appears I don't know if he knew of Catwoman before that moment but um it was kind of creepy though that he's like spying on her <laughs> while she's changing I don't know that was that was weird but okay so yeah and then there's another murder and you know just kind of goes on and on and they they said that um, Matt Reeves, the director and the guy who wrote the story, took inspiration from the comic book series, The Long Halloween, and uh, what was the other one? Um, another comic series. And I read both of those, and there's some similarities. I wouldn't say he took too much from them. Like kind of the main story in those two series was that someone was leaving these clues there was a murder and someone would leave a clue and batman was trying to kind of figure out who it was and there was a long list of murders and clues that's and then he finally figures it out so i think that's the inspiration they were talking about there wasn't any any direct lifts necessarily um we did get in uh the movie Falcone talks about how he got shot and his Thomas Wayne helped him. And he looked up and saw Bruce watching him when he was getting fixed on the table. Um, that scene's directly from the long Halloween. But other than that, I couldn't see, I don't really see anything that was that direct. Uh, Catwoman's working with Batman in these two series. And that was kind of how this was working. So other than that, it was, kind of its own story um what did you think about you know we got the detective batman in this one we got a little bit of it in uh batman versus superman but this is more you know batman being the the detective that he is what did you think about that change because usually he's the action star right he's fighting the bad guys and then the detectives there just a little bit Mm -hmm. I, I think it's cool because it shows his limitations, right? I mean, he he has to be smarter than everyone. He has to be able to put things together. He's not a Wonder Woman. He's not a Superman or a Green Lantern, right? I mean, he's just some dude that dresses up like a bat, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone makes fun of him for, but I mean, that's what he is. And, um, and so he has to do that. And it's also cool to see too that his limitation, like he's not always the smartest, He's not always the strongest. And so he has to really fight and dig deep to overcome. And um, so I thought that was cool to see him like start putting it together and that he used his technology to help him do that, you know, to like help record things. He could go back, he could go forward, he could, you know, see things. And um, that was really neat because again, it kind of takes the fantastical out of it and brings a little bit more of reality into it that, 
you know, he's just a normal guy and he has to use what he can use to make it work. And uh, so I, I enjoyed that, like watching him put the things together, you know, get it and then almost get it, but not quite get there. And, you know, just one thing after another, you know, he almost dies because the bomb and, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I had a real sense that Batman could lose when mm -hmm. I watched this and you don't see many superhero films like this. I, I watch, you know, all those superhero films from Marvel. I watch, you know, a lot of them from DC and like, you know, 99% of them, it's like, like, well, how scary, you know, he might lose. Now he's not going to lose, you know, he's going to win. Yeah. Um, but this one, like I, I had that feeling that man, he's, he, he might lose, you know, he's, he, he's not going to win. And in reality, even though, you know, we saw the movie and, and the outcome was good. Batman was still standing and all that. He kind of did lose, you know, if, if anything, it was a push on the table. Um, he caught the bad guy, but it, the cost was pretty, pretty great. You know, you mm -hmm. can't really say he won. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff went down there at the end that uh, a lot of citizens were harmed because of his, his idea of vengeance was overtaking his perspective and he was too caught up in, in the moment and not seeing the big picture there at the end and, and until it was too late. So I thought that was a, a good twist. Like you said, he, he could have lost, he could have, you know, not made it, especially at the end when he was fighting all those guys on the, on the rafters, he, he almost died. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and they pulled it. I mean, Matt Reeves, I, I think is genius, right? Cause there's a couple shows that have some everlasting effect. And one of them is saw, right? Like everyone's seen or heard of saw and it had a great effect, I think on movies and villains and things like that. And, and I kind of got a saw feeling from mm -hmm. some of the stuff that Riddler was doing. Um, and, uh, and then what show is that? I can't remember. There's another movie anyways, where he gathers guys like this to help him, you know, uh, overcome his goal, you know, where they're going to shoot people and, you know, they're going to ambush them and stuff like that. Like that was, um, those are real things, you know, that really like affect people in a, in a mental and emotional way. And so I, I thought like, man, what a genius right here, because these are things that, that are real. And to put this in a show, like really grips me as a, as a viewer and, and really brings me into the movie, which is great. That's what I want. That's what I'm going to see, you know, I want to be entertained like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought that was good too. I didn't really put the sock connection there until you just said that, but yeah, I can see some of that, you know, with the, the gerbils or the hamsters that, can eat that guy's face off or something. That was, oh, that was man, pretty crazy. Yeah. So it's crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, so as, as far as the clues go, I thought they were, they were pretty witty and clever. And uh, I would say, I think Batman figured them out a little too quickly sometimes, but it moved the story along. So I was fine with it. But um, as far as, you know, is, is someone really that smart that they don't have to think about it? They just know the answers to everything. I don't know. Yeah. I, that's And that, that kind of comes with like what I said earlier, right? Are we watching year two Batman or are we watching year 20 Batman? Yeah. And uh, I, I think year 20 Batman, who's been down that road and has gone toe to toe with the Riddler multiple times would more than start catching on to the general concept. But your first time, like, where is he? <laughs> he he have some secret riddle training, 
that we yeah. didn't know about, you know, that he took before he hit the streets. Cause those riddles were tough. I don't think I'd ever like figured things out. Like, you know, not that I'm Batman trying to figure weird things out, but yeah, like you said, it was really quick, but then again, I mean, it moved the story along. We had a three hour movie as it was. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. wanted to take that longer. They could have, but then you're looking at a four or five hour movie. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was still entertaining. I liked it. Um, so Riddler's kind of developed this connection with Batman. We find out at the end when he gets caught, uh, he's developed this connection. They feel like they're the same type of person working in the shadows, wearing a mask. And that in and of itself is a creepy idea that you know, the serial killer thinks that they're the same as, as you, who's trying to, you know, keep things, you know, fair and try to help people are being victimized and things like that did you when that was revealed at the end did you feel like that was warranted that that connection was was able to be made and you kind of see well i guess i can see how the riddler would think that in his own twisted way or was it just a a stretch for you uh no um i've always loved that concept um i maybe it's the Sherlock Holmes Moriarty concept, right? I don't know what to call it. I don't know where it came from. That's just the oldest thing I can think of. Um, Where we see these people who have decided to do something, they've had bad things happen to them, they've experienced bad things, and they chose a way of life. And Batman, he, he could have done that, right? I mean, he puts on a suit, this, like, how normal is it to put on a suit and make all these gadgets and fly around and like like that's just not a normal thing like i've seen some bad but i'm bad things but i'm not putting on a suit and hitting the streets you know and trying to save lives um and, you know getting shot at and just weird thing you know like that's just a weird thing to do in in reality um and here is i mean look at some of the old films you know with joker he's like don't talk to you know and Joker says to Batman, don't talk to me like you're them. You're not mm-hmm. yeah. basically says you're, you're, you're exact like me. And if you look at any movie between Joker and Batman, Joker always hints that we're the same. Mm-hmm. Like you and I are the same. The only difference is you chose that side of the fence and I chose this side of the fence, but we are, we're the same. You could have easily been me. And I, I think that's kind of the concept here, you know, and the same thing with Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty, right? Moriarty chose one way. They're the same person but on different sides of the fence. So when I see things like that, I enjoy it because really that's Batman could have been. And, and he didn't, he's a good guy. Thank goodness, Bruce Wayne, you know, he chose the Bruce Wayne over the Batman in the end. But, uh, <clears throat> but I, I think that the Riddler spot on when he says that, you know, like right. we have a connection and yeah. they do, they're both, you know, like Riddler just took it to a different extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as far as, joker goes uh we do see him at the end which was pretty sweet i was confused at first because they show they kind of showed the face and it looked like a two-faced type person but the dialogue the things he was saying is like oh that's joker but then he so it's kind of ambiguous for me but then the director said oh that's joker but uh they recently released that uh deleted scene with batman going into the into arkham and talking with Joker about the crimes. This is before he catches Riddler. He wants to get his opinion and what he thinks about it. So we get a pretty good look at the Joker 
in Arkham, he's already been caught. And they they have a relationship already, so I'm assuming that Batman brought him in. That's why he's there in the first place. Did you get a chance to watch that deleted scene yet? I haven't. I've seen, like, read a couple things on it. Um, who's it? Barry Cogan? Yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of creepy, right? Yeah, I've seen very couple, creepy. A couple steel shots from it, kind of creepy. Um, I... It'll be interesting to see what they go from here. As much as I love the Joker and what he brings to the table, I feel like Batman versus the Joker is played out. Yeah, we need a break and, from it. Yeah, like I enjoyed the Joker because it was a show about the Joker without Batman, right? We got to kind of see like an origin story from him. And, you know, it's not that I don't like him, but I, I don't know. I Like what new story are you going to tell? You know, mm. like someone like the Riddler, that that's cool. You know, if you want to bring the penguin back, that would be cool. If you want to bring anyone but Arnold Schwarzenegger back for Mr. Freeze, that would be cool. Yeah. Poison Ivy. Yeah, so so There's many. There's a lot of a lot of villains. Uh, exactly, and so I I don't know. I I think it's cool, but I I don't know. For me, that story's played out. Mm-hmm. So we'll yeah, see. hopefully in the next one will he'll be there, but he's not like the main. He escapes, and that's all we see, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe in part three or part four then he's there being a little more prevalent i think that'd be the best so it was, it was a good easter egg uh, the deleted scene there it was cool but you can see why it was deleted it doesn't really add much to the overall story but it's it's a cool cameo i liked it so um yeah the the other villain penguin we talked a little bit about him uh but i want to get into the the whole kind of backstory that was running so the main story was batman tracking down the riddler before he killed another person and that whole thing but the secondary story was the whole you know the what do they call that where they had thomas wayne donated all this money to help the city and he died as soon as he did that like the week the next week he died and then um, everybody made a cash grab tried to get that money to use it for their own purposes. And so we have Maroney who was framed for, for something and he went to jail and then that allowed um, the other guys. Carmine Falcone. Yeah. Falcone to step in and the mayor was on the take and you know, all these people were on the take trying to get, you know, they set up their own government, basically their own system to pay them off, pay everybody off so they can just dip into that fund. And that whole mystery was pretty intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a pretty interesting to see. I mean, if, if you have a city like Gotham that is, has that much crime on the street, I mean, you can only imagine what's happening behind the doors, right? Yeah. And I mean, here you got Carmine Falcone basically set Maroney up, take control. And, you know, all the cops and everyone said, it doesn't matter who's elected governor, uh, elected mayor, Carmine, Carmine is mayor. Yeah. He runs things. You, you think this person's going to make a difference, uh, you know, whoever it is and whatever, like, doesn't matter who's elected. And kind of interesting to see, you know, to see that much power that someone would have behind the closed doors. And I mean, he wielded that power very well and through the movie. You know, you got this sense that uh, no matter where they turned to a form of government, that there was corruption. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. They set that up really well. And, you know, Jim Gordon, he's always been the good cop. You know, he's the one that doesn't take the bribes. And again, in this, in this story, he's the same way. And he was the, the one that tried to do the right thing. And we had all these crook cops in the, in the background too. So I like that. They kept true to the character for him. Um, and then there's the whole thing about, you know, who killed Thomas Wayne and, and his wife, you know, was it first they insinuated that it was Maroney when uh, the, the news came out that Martha Wayne was, you know, she was, she was an Arkham. Uh, uh, her, her maiden name was Arkham and she had all these mental health issues. And so Thomas Wayne was trying to keep that under the, the radar. But then the reporter stepped in and says, if you don't pay me some money, I'm going to release it. So he goes to Falcone and says, Hey, I need to take, I need you to silence this guy. And so then Falcone took it as, okay, well, he gave me permission to kill him. And then I have that over to hang over his head and I can, you know, get some favors out of that. So he ends up killing him. And then right after that is when Thomas Wayne dies. So then it's like, first of all, Falcone, so Bruce Wayne goes to Falcone, says, you know, is this true? And says, yep. I, and I think it was Maroney. I don't know who it was, but I think it was Maroney that killed him. And then it comes out later when talking with Alfred that no, Thomas Wayne didn't tell Falcone to kill him. He just said to, you know, silence him, you know, keep him quiet. And then he was going to go to the, the cops and tell him, well, I told Falcone this and he took it too far and killed him. So then he dies right after that. And Alfred thinks it was Falcone that killed him. So it was this, I thought that was a really great mystery, you know, twist and turn. Is it, is it Maroney? Is it Falcone? Is it someone else? You know, and the story never resolved it. So, which I thought was good. It kind of goes back to the, why they didn't show the, the origin story in the, in the first place. It was just very ambiguous, you know, who did it. And so I thought that was a good twist to this story that we're always very familiar with. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that whole um, backstory that we never get resolved? Just kind of me. I, one thing I've liked is like with the Joker and then with this one now is that as good as, you know, Bruce, Bruce Wayne always thought his dad was his dad while had good intentions wasn't that great of a guy, right? I yeah. mean, if you watch the Joker, he was kind of an a-hole, right? Yeah. If you, watch, you read this, you know, obviously he he took some steps to do something that, that were under the table, you know? I mean, he wasn't that great of a guy. And I get it, like, with the Arkham's, you know, like with his wife, I, I'd probably do the same dang thing if someone was coming after my wife. I don't think anyone else could say they wouldn't. That, yeah. you know, I don't know, though. Um but I like how they linked finally the, uh, I think everyone knows this, or at least most people know it, but I, you did, they don't really talk about it in films that the Arkhams and the Waynes, um, you know, married, you know, and, and that's kind of where they come from. Cause you know, when they call him the, you know, the Prince of Gotham, that actually means something yeah. because those are the two most, you know, the richest families in Gotham yeah. and some of them richest people in the world. And they married and became a huge, huge, powerful family with Tom, Thomas Wayne and his, and his mom, um, Martha. It's Martha, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, with his mom, Martha. And so when they died, I mean, Bruce Wayne inherited, you know, so much money. He, he you know, can't even give it away so yeah. fast enough. So, yeah. Kind of interesting that they brought that together. I, I appreciated that because that's like 
a history that people should know that they don't seem to. Yeah. They always gloss over it. Just that, oh, they they accidentally killed him in the back alley. It was a mugging or whatever. I think this is the first movie that they actually addressed that it's probably more than just that. It was the gangsters trying to take him out to gain control of their fortune or, you know, somehow make a power play. Because like you said, they are royalty. Um, the Goth- the Waynes and the Arkhams pretty much founded Gotham, have been running it separately, their own interests. And then this is the first time they come together and make a power play. I really like that that intrigue. It's pretty cool. Hopefully we see more of it in the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I like it. Um, and then we also see that uh, Bruce isn't kind of staying on top of his business. He's just ignoring Wayne Industries and Alfred keeps bugging him. Hey, you got to pay attention to this. There's a lot going on. He's like, no, I want to be Batman. And in the end, he realizes, you know, this is this whole thing is kind of my fault because I've been ignoring it for the past two years. And I need to step up and do something positive with this responsibility. And I thought that was a good realization at the end. So I, I think in this movie, we saw more Batman than Bruce Wayne. It was more about the vigilante than, you know, the million, the billionaire or whatever he is. Um, usually we get both. There's a balance, not one more than the other, but this one is more, more Batman. And I think it worked. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And especially, you know, when his motto <laughs> is vengeance, yeah. I mean, he's, he is all Batman right now. Right. Mm-hmm. He is nothing. No, Bruce Wayne is helping him out and he realizes it at the end, which is good. And I think it kind of sets it up for a more Bruce Wayne-ish next movie. Right. Yeah. Because the Batman can't fix the flooding. You know, yeah. the Batman can't, you know, put people back to work. The Batman yeah. can't fund that. But Bruce yeah. Wayne can. Yep. And so I think that's a great segue into Batman becoming Bruce Wayne and Batman. Uh, the one thing I worry about is I think Robert, you know, Robert Patterson did a great job um, playing Batman in a very, very linear way. Mm-hmm. I worry about him playing it in a, you know, a very dynamic way where you have to, you know, be Bruce Wayne and you have to be Batman and they're completely different. You know, they're different people, they're different personas and, there's nothing I have seen, and you know, I'm I know we're gonna get hit for this, but there's nothing I've I've seen from Robert Patterson, and I haven't seen all his movies that really makes me confident that he can play that kind of dynamic character in one film, you know, to to be Bruce Wayne. I know he's got like the big, you know, sparkly smile when he's in the sun and and all that <laughs> weird stuff, but yeah. you know, Bruce Wayne is more than that. He, he commands a respect as a businessman and as a leader in his community. And I mean, he, his personality is very powerful for who he is. And I don't know if I feel that from Robert Patterson. So I get a little nervous for the future of what it brings, but I think they set it up very well to, to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Will, will he be able to pull it off next movie? Um because really the only appearance of Bruce Wayne we got in this was at that funeral scene um, where he showed up as Bruce Wayne and he really didn't say much. He just stood there and looked, you know, not much, not very engaging. He didn't even want to talk to them, 
the candidate for mayor. He's trying to ignore her. And he just kind of stood around and looked at things. So he needs to grow up and mature before this next movie and be maybe we'll see him. Maybe that's the story is he has to learn how to be that dynamic and, you know, command, have a uh, commanding presence when he walks into a room. Maybe that's part of the character development that we'll see in the next movie. So, so I guess we'll see. if we're in year two of Batman, how old is he? 23, 24? Yeah, early 20s, I would say. Okay. And I wonder if they're going to, you know, like with Batman Begins, we got him, we had him training with the League of Shadows. Yeah, Ra's al Ghul and all that. Yeah. So I wonder if they'll do something like that where they'll flashback or kind of show us how he got to be so good at such a young age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be some type of training or something that he went through to get where, where he was. I know that there's some iterations of, of um, uh, Alfred where he's like an old war hero and he helps train Batman and yeah. uh, things like that. So they could go down that road. Just depends what they do. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting. Wonder if they bring Two-Face in, right. But they'll bring him in before Two-Face because there's, there's some stories where they went to sc- private school together and yeah. you know, like that. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, what did you think of Alfred with uh, Andy Serkis portraying this version of Alfred? Did you like it? Yeah. I mean, it, I don't think it, it took away from the story. I don't know if it added a lot in other than like, it's Andy Serkis, right? Like, yeah. A lot of people like him as an actor. I, I liked him as an actor. I think he's oh, yeah. got amazing acting chops, right? I, I am. But someone like Alfred, uh, I think it, I almost feel like they brought him in for the name, right? Because he's he doesn't affect the story. No, he doesn't do much. The other. Um, he's got some cool dialogue and I'm sure he's got some good insights, but um, so I liked it. I just you know, it could have been anybody really. And I think it would have been just fine as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, with uh, what else is going on there with these, these guys. Um, yeah. There was with Bruce Wayne. He's one of the things that I noticed right off the bat that he's kind of this emo type character, right? He's got the face the eyeliner or whatever, the mascara, not mascara, the eyeliner. And he's brooding and, doesn't talk much and he's kind of surly towards Alfred. He's like, oh, leave me alone, old man. You're not my dad, you know, that type of thing. And I, it didn't bother, it bothered me, but it wasn't like a negative thing. I was just like, uh, I don't know about this. So as far as that goes, do you feel like, and I think that goes into what you were talking about earlier, as far as Robert, Robert Pattinson's ability to be the dynamic Bruce Wayne. We didn't see that. We saw the emo Bruce Wayne right and i mean that has its place but i don't want to see that next movie i don't think there's no there's no character development if that's the next in the next movie yeah i mean for me i i would like that character development to happen off screen mm-hmm. right next movie six years down the road five years down the road whatever it is three years down the road where you know they fix this he's helping fix it and he's kind of like got you know moved out of that transition because yeah that brooding thing it's just so linear and it's not I I mean I guess I can see it when you're young and you're learning and stuff but it's not the Bruce Wayne we know it's I mean that is pure Batman young Batman Mm -hmm. you know I mean I 
I, I think of Nightwing, right? Yeah, yeah. Really, right, is what, what I'm thinking of. And now we've got to move into Batman becoming a man, mm-hmm. you know, Bruce Wayne man. And there has to be a dynamic movement there. There has to be a, a dynamic change from Bruce Wayne to Batman. And if there's not, that's going to be a problem for me because Batman really is a, a linear character. You could define Batman in, you know, like 10 words and, and you've got Batman, you know, like period. That's just what he is. But Bruce Wayne is a thousand words. And so, you know, the, like you said, the emo character isn't going to work. Yeah. So what did you think of him and the bat and the cats, their relationship? Do you feel like I they like pulled it off really well? Yes. Oh, I liked it. I, I yeah. really, think, I mean, that's, that's what I get from, you know, reading the comics. They have mm-hmm. this amazing attraction. And like when they're together, like you can feel the fireworks, you can feel the intensity when they look at each other. Um, but it's almost like in another life. Yeah. Right. Like, and they know that, you know, they look at each other and they know that in another life, like our lives have pushed us different directions. And, and the choices you have made will never let, like they, they could never be together on that yeah. level, right? It's like, all yeah. right, well, I'm going to go out for the night. Like, I don't know, like, I know that you're going to you know, <laughs> rob the bank tonight, but yeah. I'll see you when you get home. Right? Like, it, it's just, it would never work, but they love each other in that, you know, in the way that they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it, like every time, like, you know, when at the end, you know, when they turn in different directions and they go in different directions, like I got that feeling, like they look at each other and they just go. And it was literally like, you know, maybe in another life. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they left and that's, that's their story. Yeah. Yeah. And we see a lot of that in the comics. There was that one issue a couple of years ago where they're, was the big wedding issue where Batman and Catwoman are finally going to get married and then it didn't happen again. <laughs> right? yeah. It's never going to happen. They'd have to both retire from what they're doing and move away. Kind of like what we saw at the end of uh, Dark Knight Rises where yeah. they just leave and do their own thing. That's what would have to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, they, <laughs> they professionally they could not survive together yeah. otherwise, right? Yeah. So, but it's a it's a good love hate relationship. I love it, and I thought they pulled it off pretty good in this in this film. So, and I'm sure she'll come back at some point. I think they need to, or maybe she'll have her own solo movie. That'd be cool too. I like it. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see her come back with a poison ivy. Probably. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. So, um, as far as Batman ranked the character, you know, compared to. Ben Affleck, um, the other guys, <laughs> Michael Keaton, and uh, the other guys. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's guy. Oh my gosh! The you know, the one guy that talks like the gravelly voice. I can't remember his name. All of a sudden, Mel Kilmer, and then uh, <laughs> Adam West. <laughs> Adam West, even now uh, the why can't the Batman be. Batman Begins guy. George Clooney. George Clooney, no one after him. Christian Bell. Christian Bell. I don't know why I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> but yeah, him. So rank ranking all of them. We don't necessarily have to rank them per se in the sense, you know, number one. But where do, where does uh Robert Pattinson fit? Is he one, two, three? Who's ahead of him? 
as a Batman? Uh, as a Batman slash Bruce Wayne character, yeah, his role. And we only got the one movie with him, but what we saw. As a Bruce Wayne, I'd put him behind Selena Kyle. Um, <laughs> as a, I mean, we just didn't see it, right? I mean, yeah. to, but as a Batman, an actual Batman himself, who I think Batman represents and what Batman should be and stand for, I would put him... I would say behind Michael Keaton, but in front of Ben Affleck. And that's just straight Batman, right? Like I'd like to put Adam West at the top because he's iconic. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's the funny, silly light Batman. And that's just not what I see Batman as. So as I'd put him maybe two, three right there you know, from what I saw in the film and what I expect to get out of Batman as a Batman film. Mm -hmm. I would put maybe three or four, maybe four. Uh, I, I, I think I'd put, um, Adam West character in front of him. Um, you know, for film, you know, seeing on film, I would put Adam West. Yeah. I mean, I get it was a TV series, but I put Adam West, you know, like, you know, just kind of as like the films I like the best, you know, Adam West, I'd be, you know, up there. I'd put probably Christian Bale and then Ben Affleck next. I want to put Michael Keaton is, but it's so dated. I just can't watch it. Yeah. His problem with him for me is every time, because Beetlejuice came out right around that same time. (laughs) <laughs> I think it I think it even came out before. So every time I think of Michael Keaton, I'm thinking Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, old, he's, old, he's not that bad. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I get it. You know, and I was real young when that came out, you know, so I didn't really watch it young. And by mm-hmm. the time I was watching it, all these better ones had come out. So, and then yeah. I, I mean, I grew up watching, you know, pow, bang, boom, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'd yeah. hop around doing it, you know? So that one's like my number one. Cause that was my, first taste of batman and i fell in love with it yeah makes sense so you're saying adam west um christian bell yeah probably christian bell then robert pattinson after that i you know i think i gotta put um i think i have to put ben affleck okay I liked his, because I could see the change between Bruce Wayne to Batman. I could, you know, he had the look of Batman. He was big and and stuff like, and that's what I see Batman as. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. For me, it's Ben Affleck because of those reasons. And it's kind of unfair in the sense that, you know, he played an older Batman, more mature. He's got all the knowledge, all those things we talked about earlier. He's got all that and he's, he's got the, the size. I mean, he's six, four and just buff, right? That's Batman. Whether you like the actor or not, that is Batman. And can't, uh, you can't deny that. Uh, and then I do like Christian Bale. And again, he has three movies to his name where Pattinson just has the one. So I'd go those three, Ben Affleck, um, Christian Bale, Pattinson, Keaton, after that and then it, I don't know, it doesn't really matter to me after that I didn't I didn't really watch Adam West I saw him but I wasn't like watching the show all that much <laughs> yeah you'd have been a little older right so it'd have been you'd have probably been like a little too old when that was like in its heyday 
I think it was the 60s, right? Well, it came out in the 60s, but I don't think it was like super popular till like mid 80s. Till later, yeah. Yeah. I think I was watching Star Trek episodes at that point. Yeah. And then Good like thing. Transformers and all the cartoons at that point instead of Batman. But um, yeah, and then as far as movies go. Hey, what about George Clooney? <laughs> I mean, I honestly that dude had nipples. I know. Good. I don't yeah, remember much about that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was i watched that one when it came out i remember like that scene i was like what the heck <laughs> yeah i did like val kilmer's version for yeah. what it for what it was um yep that was good but clooney's definitely at the bottom um so and as far as movies goes i think it's definitely up there i think it's again third or fourth um a lot of great stuff but these other movies are so iconic. Dark Knight, I mean, is top. He's at this point, he can't beat it. It hasn't been beaten. Um, then for me, Batman versus Superman, I know probably get a lot of hate for that, but that's that's a good that's a good movie as far as superheroes go. Oh yeah. In my mind. And then the Batman after that. So Yeah, Batman versus Superman, I think was highly underrated by mm-hmm. By pure haters right i mean <laughs> that was amazing yeah you gotta watch the ultimate edition the three-hour version but uh of course when that happened everybody hated it oh it's too long but you know this one's just fine it's perfect but that's a different issue um so and one thing i did notice with both when the the movie started the title came up and it says the batman it's like the word covers the whole screen so that's all you know it's huge and that was very reminiscent my first thought was oh that's like the joker because we saw the same thing happen with the joker where he had this huge title that covers the whole screen and then it's pretty similar in sense in tone right so i'm wondering if perhaps they're in the same universe somehow i don't, I don't know the, the way at least i did up until we saw that deleted scene with barry keegan you know, that's definitely not the same type of Joker that we saw in Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I think up until that point, they could have been pretty similar, same same universe, but I don't know now. But I like yeah. how the styles were similar. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I wonder. Um, hmm. I wonder. I, I don't know, though. Joker seems a little too old for Robert Patterson. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, I mean, who knows? It could be in the same universe, but it makes me wonder too. I kind of get weirded out when we see all these reboots left and right. If we're going to see like the Spider-Man type thing, you know, like mm-hmm. Infinity Crisis, you know, because that happens in DC too, right? I mean, Marvel and DC love to steal each other's stories and yeah. you know, do it. And, uh, you know, so I wonder if we'll see something weird, you know, like, I, I know they did that in what, WB, right? Yeah, CW stuff. Yeah, the CW, yeah. yeah. They did that there, but I wonder yeah. if they'll do it here. I don't know. The upcoming Flash movie is going to have that element. I don't know if it's going to be Flashpoint, but they are going to have Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton in it. So there's going to be and different versions of the Flash. So there's going to be some uh, universe hopping or multiverse stuff going on. I don't know to what extent, but we'll see that are there. Are they going to have, are they going to have like, 
Barry Allen in different universes? Or are they going to have, like, are they going to bring the CW guy in? Or are you talking like Garrick? Yeah. You know, they're going to bring different versions of the Flash, like Flash 1, Flash 2, Flash 3, whatever. Yeah. I think it's different versions of Barry Allen from what we've seen so far. Yeah, that, that would be kind of neat. Um, I think they have their work cut out for them because yeah. the Spider-Man was freaking awesome. Right? I know. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, this this is amazing. It, you know, the only thing that they could have done to be better was, was Spring Miles. You know? Yeah, that was more awesome than cool. Yeah. Well, so before we wrap things up, favorite scene from this movie from the Batman or favorite moment, what do you think? When Batman knew he had a hollow victory. There at the end? Well, like, not there right right there in, but right before it all happened, when it all came together. Okay, I caught the bad guy. Boom, you know, like, there it is. I win the day. You know, vengeance wins. And then he's like, you still don't get it. Like yeah. me. and then you can see it running through his head and he's got these that moment was my favorite because that was like the most human moment mm-hmm. that you see, like that you see that batman is not infallible yeah will fail and these are the consequences of that failure and to me that was a powerful moment cinematically because it was amazing it was a powerful moment as a character building because you know decisions and choices have they what is it they have um consequences one way mm-hmm. or the other and and he saw that play out and that that was just an amazing strong moment for me yeah yeah i had something different in mind but i think that's better than what i had that's for sure mine was just uh the car chase scene with the the batmobile i mean come on how awesome was that batmobile it was awesome. I know. I did like it. <laughs> when they first showed like still p- pictures of it, I was like, yeah, that's kind of lame. But in this movie, it's like this beast that they awaken. It, you know, just, oh, and it's just it's instills fear in people's, you know, we got to get out of here. <laughs> it was just so awesome. Well, and it just he, like keeps going, right? Yeah. Like a small tank, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty sweet. And then he chases down the penguin, jumps through the fire, and hits them that whole part was just pretty awesome i wish they wouldn't have spoiled it in the trailer maybe alluded to it but um when i saw it even though i knew it was coming because of the trailer um it was still pretty awesome to see it in the theater so oh yeah like when he like you know that big crash and he makes it through and yeah yeah and the pot's like looking like oh shit yeah it's like the <laughs> yeah. best you know it's like yeah. yeah there's nothing you could do you just pull over and like, got me you got yeah me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty sweet action sequence for sure. Uh, so action sequence that, and then, you know, character moment, definitely yours is, is pretty cool for sure. So any final thoughts on the movie? Anything else that uh, you want to add before we wrap it up? Oh, uh, you know, just, uh, I mean, if you haven't seen it, go, go see it. It's definitely worth the watch. Uh, it's a long freaking movie, oh, yeah. but I didn't feel it too bad. Uh, but I think final thoughts is I'm just interested in to see what happens from here right Mm -hmm. Uh, there's they open a lot of doors and they didn't close themselves in which was nice so you know let's let's make a good second one yeah what do you rank it as as a movie out of 10 oh oh, nine yeah 
Yeah, it's definitely. Strong. Yeah, it was good. I, I liked it for for what it was. It was really good. Yeah, I agree. Definitely a nine. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us here on the Credible Notes podcast as we talk about the Batman and uh, this recent DC release. Uh, is DC back? What do you think? I think it is. I don't think it ever left, but that's just me. I'm a DC lover, DC apologist. So, um, but a lot of people do feel that DC is back and with the upcoming slate of movies with Aquaman, Flash, um, Batgirl on, on HBO Max and uh, Black Adam, Shazam part two. Uh, a lot of great DC movies coming out in the next year. So I think we'll have a good slate of of reviews coming up as well so but uh, stay tuned for more movie reviews book reviews tv shows review tv show reviews we do it all here at the credible nerds check out our website crediblenerds.com uh, follow us on social media at credible nerds and join us in on the conversation and uh once again thanks for joining us here and we'll catch you next time see you guys